Hi, this is Louis Canio. Welcome to the Doctor and Dad podcast. This fast-paced weekly podcast delves into the latest scientific findings on how we can all live longer and better lives. I'm the dad, and my daughter, Nicole, is a family medicine doc who trained at the renowned Cleveland Clinic. We hope you enjoy this short, informative show, and please be sure to visit thedoctorandad.com. Uh, and by the way, the doctor is abbreviated in that. So it's T-H-E-D-R-A-N-D-D-A-D.com for the show notes um, and other resources to help you learn about extending your health span. Within the notes, you'll find links to a bunch of stuff we discussed. So be sure to check it out. And thanks for listening. Hi, doctor. Hi, dad. So today's topic is supplements. Um, pretty narrow one. Uh, I don't know if we're going to have a whole lot to discuss, right? Ha 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 ha. Uh, actually, um, we're going to have a. Uh, you know, we usually go a little long. Hopefully, uh, the the breadth of this subject doesn't cause us to go hours long. But I don't think we will. We'll we'll try to uh, keep it concise. I did do some preliminary research and. Uh, and it was pretty surprising the uh, the the supplement uh, industry overall, which which we need to define, includes vitamins and mineral supplements as well as um, nutraceuticals. I think they they, they call them mm-hmm. is um, a thirty billion dollar a year industry in the U.S. Ninety thousand different products, um, and and uh, actually um, uh, what they call botanical products which also I think is a, is a category within nutraceuticals is um, about $8 billion. At least that was 2017 numbers. Um, and yeah, it's, it's crazy double. Mm-hmm. So that, that piece of the industry's doubled since 2000. And, and this is, it was, it was interesting. I thought the, um, the uh, fastest growing supplements, not the largest, but the fastest growing supplements are turmeric, and CBD oil. Yes, right now, yeah. Have you? So, is this? Have you? Have you discussed either those substances with with patients? Do you get questions on this sort of thing? Um, I have recently gotten. I think two different people have asked me questions about the CBD oil. Um, mainly, they, which is it's actually a great question to ask. It it's um, is this gonna affect my other medications or is this going to affect my um, already existing blank condition, which is a great um, question because with a lot of these supplements, what people aren't realizing is you're not being warned about the potential interactions with your other medications or potential uh, impact on what you know medical problems you might already have. So a lot of people are just like, oh, it's a vitamin blank so this will be good for me and take it blindly um and not only do most of them do nothing some of them can actually cause harm but with the cbd oil um i get a lot of like what are your thoughts on that and is this going to affect my kidney transplant and stuff like that yeah and it is it is interesting there's there's actually no clear medical evidence that it does anything right Yeah, Um, I say it's a lot of anecdotal, subjective stuff, and I tell people that there's not nearly enough research for me to say whether or not it's safe for you to take, given your blank, Um, but it's most likely okay, and, you know, 
kind of try it at your own risk type of yeah. thing. I actually take half a dropper full each night before bed in the hopes that it will, it will help with mm-hmm. uh, a better sleep. I, I, you know, I, I should do, uh, obviously this, I'm a, I'm a study subject of one, but I should do have a, a, a controlled uh, study and, and, you know, do maybe a week on a week off and see if I notice any difference. Has it, do you feel like it's helped at all? I don't, you know, because I haven't done it kind of on and off. I don't right. know. And, uh, you know, it could be just placebo, but, Hey, I'll take it. Anthony so. is doing it and it seems to maybe help his sleep a little bit. Yeah. Although he does a double dose, I think. So <laughs> pumps it up a little bit. So, so we're going to take a look um, at a couple of studies. Uh, well, actually we've got four studies, so we got to move through them kind of quickly uh, around first uh, so some examples of um, claims that are, that are certainly out there in the media, but aren't supported by, by the study. So the first one is on uh, ging- Gingo um, Biloba. Is that, am I pronouncing that right, do you think? Ginkgo? Mm. Gingo, yeah. Yep. Um, and it's uh, alleged effects on dementia or Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you, if you Google, if you do Google search, you find all kinds of stuff for sale um, with Ginkgo mm-hmm. in it. Uh, and and most of it is uh, is advertising its beneficial effects on you know, cognitive uh, yep. function. So this this randomized uh, controlled clinical study from 2008 really I think is kind of the uh, the one that that clinici- clinicians at least point to. Uh, and and that uh, study concluded that uh, taking 120 milligrams twice a day did not reduce the incidence rate of dementia or um, uh, Alzheimer's disease mm-hmm. um, or the, or, or the progression of it. Right. Yep. No, no benefit. And so was- people will come to me with like some, I've a few, and most people are taking, you know, maybe one or two supplements, vitamins, whatever, but there's the occasional person who comes in with a list of stuff. Like a, I'm talking like 20 different things and I haven't even heard of, a lot of them. Um, and I kind of tell them that a lot of the studies, and I don't go into the specifics with each of theirs, but show that it's not doing much and you're peeing it out. So you're really just giving yourself some expensive pee because it's kind of a waste and this stuff isn't always cheap. And that's a perfect example where the study just doesn't, just didn't pan out. Right. Right. Like we said, $30 billion a year people spend on it. What's the exactly. ROI mm-hmm. on that is, is questionable. The other study is, uh, was on uh, vitamin D and specifically cardiovascular illness. Um, you know, it's purported also to be helpful from a, from a cancer perspective. And obviously, so you correct me if I'm wrong, but you can get vitamin D by being exposed to sunlight, right? Yes. Yep. Right. Um, and a vitamin D deficiency can be a, a problem is it related to maybe osteoporosis yep and like kids used to i mean we don't hear about this much anymore but get rickets which is a bone disease in kids because of the um deficiency in vitamin d because vitamin d plays a role in your calcium absorption and bone development and um it's its biggest thing is related to bone density in postmenopausal women or those with osteoporosis, we supplement them with vitamin D and those studies are good showing that, you know, they do, it does help maintain their bone density 
Um, it's not going to cure their osteoporosis, but right. it, it helps. So that information, you know, we, we, we use it and it's good. Those patients should be on vitamin D, but there was this huge uptick in um, popularity with vitamin D supplement because of studies over the last, you know, 10 years, observational studies showing that, oh, well, we think it also essentially can help prevent and cure everything. Anything from cancers, cardiovascular disease, and all-cause mortality, vitamin D just became this, like, end-all, be-all vitamin. Um, yep. And, yep. The, and good example there is this, this vitamin D and cardiovascular disease because they some studies – uh, epidemiological studies are an association between lower rates of vitamin D and increased rates of cardiovascular disease. Right. So the inference was there's some causality. So this this study um, that um, I'm alluding to was published in 2017. Again, randomized clinical study. So as we talked about, kind of the gold standard. Uh, it was done in New Zealand, 5,100 participants, studied them from 2011 to 2015, found no evidence that mm -hmm. high dose vitamin D supplements prevented cardiovascular disease at, at all. So. Right. And this is kind of a hot topic right now. Um, because again, we used to worry about vitamin D with those people who were women who are postmenopausal or who we knew had osteopenia or osteoporosis or, or men who had risk for low bone density. But then all these observational studies came out um, looking at vitamin D and just the usual risk population, just the regular old person and how it did all these great things. Um, and we then just checking a person's vitamin D level became a regular yearly thing that you would tack on to other labs for your patients for no other reason, because they increased what the recommended daily amount you should be getting it was. And it became something where Everyone, you know, unless you live in Florida and are outside all the time, everyone's deficient. Everyone needs more and more and more because of all these observational studies. And now there's been a few randomized trials like you just talked about that have been done that have shown nothing, um, no benefit. There's like five other huge randomized control trials that are nearing their end um, that I think are going to give us a final, a good mm -hmm. final answer that this is really not improving anything. And all of these, you know, the money wasted um, screening, checking and having people supplement is not, not really not worth it. Yep, exactly. There's an interesting way to think about this that um, I, I, I've heard uh, this guy, Peter Akia, who's got a podcast and we'll link to it uh, because it's good information. He, he, what, what he talks about, he does some like personal experimentation. So I think he takes metformin and, and some other stuff. And so his test for it, and if it's, you know, on, on some of this stuff that is untested mm -hmm. is, is it, is it equivalent to picking up either a penny or gold coin, either in front of a tricycle or a steamroller? So, so it, it, what he's saying is, well, he's equating possible benefit and possible risk. Mm -hmm. So he's saying, okay, if it's a gold potential gold coin, we don't know, but a potential gold coin, which he mm -hmm. thinks, which he thinks metformin might be, right? And but it's a it's a the risk is a tricycle. It's the, it's relatively low risk because lots of people have 
had taken right. metformin with, without. Well, really that's a medication that. that's been studied for a while. So we know about its yeah. safety profile. Exactly. Yeah. As opposed to picking up you know, pennies in front of steamrollers yep. ought to be avoided. <laughs> well, and the perfect example of that, um, you know, people think that this stuff is not regulated like your other medications are regulated. They're not tested like other medications are tested. Um, green tea was huge in the last right. couple of decades. And green tea, you know, does have a chemical uh, polyphenols that do block fat breakdown in the intestine and that we know that 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 does happen um so it's going to decrease your fat absorption it became this thing or green tea increases your metabolism or helps you lose weight and everything was about green tea um so a cup or two a day is shown to be beneficial in some of these studies fine but that whole you know and then part of that's the um business behind the the supplement industry, but it's like, well, some is good. So more must be better. And then you have a pill that has the equivalent of 20 cups of green tea. And what we found are many cases of liver failure. Really? People taking these supplements. Yeah. Uh, And actually 20% of there's a um, study that I read not too long ago that showed that 20% of liver related injuries are due to dietary supplements. So people just don't know and they think that they're doing something and no one takes a supplement, you know, for any other reason than to try to improve their health. But, um, it is not always doing just the opposite. Yeah. 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 So that, but that cup of green tea every day or cup or two or three cups. Fine. fine. Absolutely. Probably is going to help you, you know, be healthier to some degree, but trying to, Oh, I don't really like drinking green tea. I don't want to drink it. I'll take a pill that has the equivalent of 20 cups. Now that that's something that's, else. That's yeah. going to be harmful. Yep. So we, so uh, I, we're going to flip the, uh, the coin, so to speak, and, and, and uh, point to a couple of studies that showed um, some benefits from uh, supplements. And, and uh, so the first one is a study out of Korea, actually, that showed that multivitamin and mineral supplements combined with phytonutrient supplements. So phytonutrients are, as I understand it, plant-based nutrients. Mm -hmm. Uh, May provide antioxidant benefits and DNA protection. So that's that's kind of big news. Uh, Now, digging into that study a little bit, it was, there were only 96 subjects, so it wasn't huge, right? Uh, but it was a, it was a random, randomized, double-blind clinical study, so that's good. Um, it, it looked at people who habitually th- didn't eat a whole lot of fruit and vegetables. Uh-huh. Eight-week study, so it wasn't that long either, so not a lot of subjects, not a lot of, not a lot of length to it, but half of them took a placebo, half of them took a pill with 14 vitamins, 10 minerals, and those phytonutrients. And the results were pretty conclusive that it reduced what uh, this reactive oxygen species. So mm-hmm. I think I think that's a you know a, a, a measure of the antioxidant effect. Yeah, uh, to some to some degree. Yeah, and the reactive oxygen species are what um, you know are harmful, and the antioxidants work to decrease those. And um, yeah, so it. De- definitely showed some benefit with that particular study. How, you know, we hear about antioxidants, you know, I, I eat my, uh, 
kind of uh, half a cup or three quarters of a cup of, of blueberries with my yogurt most days um, because there's a there's a bunch in their wild blueberries so uh, a bunch of antioxidants purported to be there how how uh, damaging is our oxidants because and, and help me with this concept you know oxidation is the way our our cells get energy right we take in oxygen and mm-hmm. and the, uh, the it's 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 uh, in the mitochondria it's it, we, we generate energy so um so you think oxygen is good but but um but then we hear about the beneficial effects of antioxidants <laughs> right so what they're what the antioxidants are doing more is kind of fighting or protecting your cells from free radicals and free radicals are um basically molecules that are made when your body breaks down food or when it's exposed to smoke or radiation, stuff like that. Um, So antioxidants help fight the free radicals. Free radicals are what are trying to harm your cells and free radicals are shown to play a role in, you know, heart disease and cancer and stuff like that. So the antioxidants are working in your body to eliminate those bad substances so they don't harm your cells. Okay. And that's real science proven. Stuff. Yes. That's, right. that's, yep. So like the amount, the degree to which a blueberry is going to, you know, fight your free radicals, you know, I don't, I don't know without looking up yep. the trials, I don't know exactly what that, what the science or what the real true benefit is behind it, but there's, there's definite, um, definitely some benefit and not any harm when it comes okay. to eating blueberries. Yeah. So, so. I may be, I may be picking up pennies, but, uh, well, and this is, this is perfect example of what I would say to patients is it's best. So like that study was in people who didn't eat much fruits and vegetables. So I say it's always best to get it through a balanced diet better to eat the blueberries and, you know, whatever else than to just take the supplement. But if you are someone, and people ask this about their kids too, if your kids don't eat fruits and vegetables, if you don't eat fruits and vegetables and that's not going to change, then you probably would benefit from taking X, Y, or Z because at least some of that's getting in and replacing yep. what you're not getting from your diet. Exactly. Exactly. To, to, so to finish up on this study, that it, it also, they claim, um, showed that it prevented DNA damage. And there was a lot of kind of detailed stuff around how they figured that out. But mm-hmm. um, uh, And I'm no, I'm no expert on that. But the, the other thing they mentioned is some positive changes in gene expression. Hmm. So what, what does that mean, changes in gene expression? Well, so we all have um, genes that kind of increase our or at least play a role in our propensity for certain diseases or illnesses or whatever. And they are expressed. The genes themselves are not, it's not like, Oh, here's the gene. And that means this is what is going to be expressed. It can be it's influenced. So for example, with cancer cells or cancer, um, you have like a cancer gene or gene that can make you more um, predisposed to cancer that's activated by tobacco exposure so you know these these tumor expression genes are turned on by tobacco exposure so it's like how your genes are expressed so maybe this in this way while a uh, tobacco exposure negatively you know will turn certain genes on in this scenario you know the 
whatever it was in this, the phytonutrients or the supplements uh, positively impact your gene expression and what's what, gotcha. What's and that's, that's, I tell you that it, it, the, I've read a couple of things on that. That is, I think going to be a huge, as we go forward and the technology improves um, a, a big, have a big impact on, um, on medicine uh-huh. and, and people's health because a, you, 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 you know, you map someone's genes yep. and then you, you, you're, you're, so you're able to identify those ones that put the person at greater risk for X, Y, or Z. And then you're able to say, okay, you know, as research, as research continues and accumulates, we know that uh, vitamin X um, helps gene expression of this, that, or the other thing. And you literally get that personalized let's say cocktail of, you know, do this or that. Yep. And that's, I agree that that's probably the future of medicine. It's more personalized based on kind of your genetic makeup. Now that we can all find our, get our genome sequenced and have it on our smartphone to look at. Yep. Exactly. It's kind of, it's going to be interesting. So the last study we'll take a quick look at is, um, it was published in 2017, and it looked at multivitamins, uh, antioxidant vitamins, and mineral supplements, uh, and their effect on delaying the progression of age-related macular degeneration. So, I take a I take a, a an, uh, what I call an eye vitamin that was recommended by my optometrist uh, hmm. probably I don't know five years ago when I had a eye checkup, and he saw just a little bit of something that concerned him in my retina. Okay. So I, I probably need to, to, to get to your husband. To, yeah. To you get... should probably see an ophthalmologist <laughs> about that. So I've been taking them. Um, but I didn't, um, need, I did not know that you were taking the eye or the yeah. like preservation arids vitamins. Yeah. Well, and I don't, I, I forget what's in them, but so this study showed that there was positive impact by taking these, yeah. these vitamins, but two things didn't have a positive impact. Lutein, I think, it, uh, if I'm pronouncing it right, and Z-athenin. Yeah. When it's going to be beneficial. So I got I to gotta check to see if either one of those ingredients are in my eye vitamins. Well, so this is, um, this, is pro- this is a great example of supplements working well and evidence that you should take them. There was two what we call ARIDS studies um, or age-related eye disease studies. The um, first one included beta carotene. Um, So it was a group, let's see, I think it was vitamin C, vitamin E, beta carotene, zinc, and copper. That was the first formulation. This was like 2001. Um, And the ARIDS one study, and it showed that it definitely has, um, and these are randomized control trials showing that um, it absolutely benefited um, the progression, delaying the progression of age-related macular degeneration. And it was really great. It was great study, great data. But fast forward a little bit, and then we found out that um, the beta carotene, this is an example of why supplements can cause harm, the beta carotene um, actually increased a smoker's risk of lung cancer. Fairly significantly. It was definitely not, you know, insignificant amount. So that beta carotene came right out of the formulation of these ARIDS vitamins. And I think what the ARIDS two was trying to do is replace beta carotene with something else. And in this case, they did the lutein and the um, Z xanthin. And it showed that those two didn't do anything 
more. Um, It didn't add anything. So, but right now, I think the ARIDS formulations keep the beta carotene out because of the increased risk. But if you're not a smoker, then, 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 right. Then, then you're fine. You want that, you want that benefit. Correct. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Well, we'll stay tuned on that. So bottom line, for, for, for people who are listening to this and, and want some, you know, help and what should I take, what, what not. It's certain, uh, supplements are certainly indicated for certain subgroups of people and there's guidance, there's clinical guidance that's, that's been published. So um, help us with, with kind of who should definitely be looking at vi- taking uh, supplements and, and, and what those might be. There are some very clear cut um, answers. Um, a lot of it again is, is not clear cut and takes doing your own research, but pregnancy, if you are, um, of pregnancy, if you're pregnant or if you're of childbearing age, you should be taking a prenatal vitamin because we know that prenatal vitamins, um, especially the folic acid component is fantastic for a, your developing baby and decreases actually recently showing that it decreases risk of autism when you take them and you take them early, ideally before you even get pregnant. Um, and the folic acid decreases risk of neural tube defects significantly. So prenatal vitamins are an easy. Yes. Um, and then just going up in age, infants and children. So for children, I just say, if your child does not eat a balanced diet, which a lot of kids don't, a multivitamin is not going to hurt. Um, but breastfed babies, the only thing not in breast milk, unless mom is supplementing herself with enough, um, which most, most of the time they're not, the infants should get vitamin D drops. That's the only thing they're not, presumably they're not sunbathing. Um, and they're not outside a whole lot. So the infants will need the, the drops. And then when it gets to older, midlife and older adults, um, that's when the people who um, have certain medical conditions benefit from certain vitamins. So there's, it's more of like, um, if you qualify, or if you have this, you should take this. I don't think anyone needs a supplement or multivitamin, unless you just have a really, really, really poor diet, then take a multivitamin. If you like, I don't eat vegetables. Okay. Then take a multivitamin. But people who, for example, have had gastric bypass surgery, well, because of the way the gastric bypass surgery is done, you lose the portion, um, of your intestine that is used to absorb a lot of important vitamins and minerals. So you should be taking your B vitamins, iron, calcium, zinc, copper, all these fat soluble vitamins um, that your body's not absorbing because of the surgery that you had. People who have certain types of anemia should be taking B12, inflammatory bowel disease. People have the same kind of thing where their inflammatory bowel is inhibiting absorption of certain vitamins and minerals, they should be taking things. And then of course, osteoporosis, that's when we see vitamin D. We used to, and I'm sure plenty still do say, oh yeah, you should take a vitamin D every day. Everyone's deficient. But like we said before, that Mm -hmm. data is really not there. So I don't recommend that um, right now. Um, Let's see. That's pretty much it. Oh, and then if you're on certain medications, so if you're on like a PPI, like a Nexium or Prilosec, because you have reflux, you're decreasing the stomach acid in, in your stomach. And that's, what's helping with your reflux symptoms. But because of that, and you're changing, um, kind of the environment in your stomach, you're not absorbing your B12 or calcium as much. 
So gotcha. those people should be on uh, B12 supplement. So, so one other other personally related question. I, on my last colonoscopy, I think I they they saw some a little bit of the start of some diverticulitis, or whatever. So they recommended calcium supplement, which mm-hmm. I also take. Okay. So yep, yep. So that. yeah. that's that's probably they the GI docs probably know more about that than I do. Um, but yeah, that makes sense to me. So so you know the the, the bottom line again. Supplements indicated for, for certain sets, you know, definitely get your doctor's advice around that. Most claims, though, are not supported by scientific evidence. So um, definitely don't uh, jump on the latest fad and, mm-hmm. and be beware that over consumption of some vitamins and minerals can be downright right, unhealthy for you. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Your, your example with the of green tea yep. pills, what have. And and stay, stay tuned. Lots of research, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to be done. Um, so, uh, you know, but, but try to filter out the, the hype. Yeah. Eat your vegetables and eat your, yeah, get it naturally <laughs> because nothing bad can happen there. Exactly. So, uh, absolutely. Well, thanks, Nicole, as always. Yes, thank you. Great talking with you. Have a great week. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening. You can visit the doctorandad.com that's spelled T H E d-r-a-n-d-d-a-d.com for show notes to any of our podcasts, as well as other useful info on extending health span. Now the legal disclaimer. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. And no doctor-patient relationship is formed. Use of this information in show notes is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should not, should not disregard or delay taking medical advice or treatment for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their medical professional for any such conditions. We also want you to know that we take no funding from any product or service that may be mentioned on the Doctor and Dad podcast.